Hi, my name is Rebecca Korn, and I am the founder and owner of Rise and Roll, where we teach and help women align toward working from a place of rest and heart-centered entrepreneurial tactics and practical, actionable strategies while having and embodying holistic, mindful business tips. This is our podcast. If you are interested in joining us anywhere else, please search Her Reign, like the queen reigns, Her Reign inside of Facebook, where we offer additional incredible tips or just follow us on Instagram and you will see the real life behind the scenes version of my life, which I welcome you to. In this podcast, we are focusing on what a heart-centered business looks like and how you can go from Cinderella to happily ever after. Have you ever just felt that you are forcing it in your business? Like you're not built for this hustle, this constant reach out, this number crunching, admin work, backend processes and development of systems and strategies just don't turn you on. Embodying your feminine energy with business is not far away. And I feel that in our session with Angela, she truly creates the deepened understanding of what a sustainable aligned business is really about. You can hear in the way that she discusses inside of this podcast, and I, I loved interviewing her because as she's discussing this, you can hear the personal accountability, the self-actualization, and the recognition that she was at the helm of her business. I'm just her coach. And at the end of the day, her coaches are the people that support her in making less mistakes. And so whether you're a man, a woman, non-binary and you hold both masculine and feminine inside you that is the truth all of us hold the masculine and the feminine it has nothing to do with gender or sex so when we are stepping into creating a truly aligned business it's the yearning of tapping into both now just to be clear and succinct before we step into this podcast Masculine energy is characterized by analytical thinking, efficiency, speed, logic, knowledge, strategy, and results achieving. And feminine energy is all about gentleness, ease, connection, emotion, love, slowness, and creativity. And so you're probably, if you're a lot like me, you may have a favorite in certain areas of your life. And so maybe, you know, you're one of those like super organized people that absolutely loves spreadsheets. You might lean more toward your masculine energy. That might be just a natural place for you. And so when I was operating my financial practice, that was a natural place for me. But the feminine was something that I definitely needed to grow. And I think that one of the biggest takeaways with Angela is that, you know, as she discusses where she is now, catch on to where she began. She began without love. She began without a business. She began without time. She began without the clarity of how she was going to rise and do it all, all while being a single mom stuck in a corporate job that she hated 
and really moved her into this beautiful place of finding balance, not only in her life, but in a business. And the reason I'm so excited about sharing this is because I think sometimes we all listen to these podcasts and as business owners ourselves, we are recognizing that, oh my gosh, I, I can't sustain the way that I'm being taught to do business. And all this podcast is going to tell you is, girl, we hear you. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy and thank you so much for tuning in as always. Let's go talk to Angela. So today on the podcast, as I said, we are interviewing Angela for right now, Tatum. Uh, she is getting married this year and her last name will be changing, but all of her information in the sub part of this podcast is uh, still going to stay the same. In the meantime, a little bit about her. You know, she had dreamt of being inside of real estate in some capacity in 2020 when we first started speaking and it was a dream of hers for probably about 20 years at the time she was a single mom and she was moving through corporate at a bullet train pace i mean corporate leadership just adored her style her empathy her laughter her brightness her extraordinary vibe and as we get into the meat and potatoes of Angela, I think you're going to see very quickly why. So welcome, Angela. Thank you so much for being a part of the Queen's Chambers. And um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here. So about me, I am in banking, uh, in business banking, as you mentioned, and first and foremost, I am a partner to Tom and we are getting married in 59 days <laughs> and mom to two children and I get to be a bonus mom to two additional children. So we are the Brady Bunch over here and I am the manager of two businesses that I own with Tom and our life is very full. It's amazing to see you go from single mom one little boy to this Brady Bunch environment. And, and you two you two really had so many aspects of matching and mirroring. Like your yearning was really like connected to his masculine um, uh, qualities in many ways. You, you two just matched in so many levels. Can you tell me a little bit about that? You know, we, we talked about getting out and dating and behind the scenes and coaching and that stuff, but talk about the real world of that where this man is just an incredible force in your world. Yeah, he has been a great partner. I've been really lucky to find him because we do have um, strengths that really match each other very, very well. He's so good at construction and managing those projects and managing all of the subcontractors and putting everybody in the right place. I think in our construction business, we have about eight different renovation projects that we're working on right now. So multiple crews, making sure everybody's in the right place at the right time so we can get the job finished. Our customers are spending more and more money to borrow funds to do these projects. So getting things done on time is so key for us. And he's just done a fabulous job of managing that. All of our customers come back again and again to use us. And I can hang pictures and do things like that, but I don't know 
about construction really. So that's his wheelhouse. And I love money and the finance piece of it. And that's how I've ended up in banking in a lot of ways. And I'm really good at managing the finance piece of our businesses, making sure the money is flowing in the right places at the right time, figuring out when there's profit there that we can take out for our family, um, which is obviously why you run a business in the first place. Um, and it's just been a really beautiful mesh of both of our best skills. And it's been a lot of fun. We actually just started the construction business in September and we're just off to a fabulous start. Ladies, as you're listening to this podcast, I just want to point out something. Please notice the way that she was like, I love money. And this is one of the things that we teach behind the scenes where it's like, I love money and money loves you. And it's one of those relationships that when you have that creativity that Angela has, which Angela also kind of undersold herself in a way, I think, in that conversation a little bit, because she also, <laughs> you darling, walk into a house <laughs> And you can be like, oh my gosh, a closet needs to be here. A bathroom needs to be over here. That bathroom's way too small. This needs to be expanded. So the way you two co-create is incredible. And I'm sure if Tom were here, he'd be like, hold up. Let me let me just tell you the magic that Angela, because you can spot it. You see a property and you just know. Can you tell can you tell me about that? Yes, very true. So I'm the queen of adding a bathroom. <laughs> Hallelujah for that. <laughs> I think every lady that is listening to this is like, thank God. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I did that with one of our very first properties. There were two beautiful bedrooms on the second floor and this tiny little half bath. And you had to come all the way downstairs through the living room into the kitchen to get to the full bath to take your shower in the morning. And I thought that is not okay. We are going to make space for a full bath here. And Tom did. I knew that we needed it and he found a way to make it happen. <laughs> and that's such a beautiful, like masculine and feminine dynamic of co-creation, honoring so many different layers. Now, now you, Angela, had sold your first house at 12 years old. Can you tell yes. me this story? So you've always had a dream of being in real estate. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Um, when I was 12, my family was living in Pennsylvania and we still, my parents still owned a home back in Omaha, Nebraska that they were renting, which is where we were originally from. And the tenant didn't work out. They decided to sell it. So they put it on the market and I'm 12 years old. I'm in there painting baseboards. The place is a mess. And a woman came to the door and said, oh, is this house for sale? Can I see it? And I said, well, sure you can. There were no adults there. It was just me and my four younger siblings at the time, I think. Might've been a fifth one there too. Um, and I showed her around the house and she bought the house. <laughs> that was my <laughs> first sale. <laughs> but my parents still paid the real estate agent. So <laughs> I kind of missed out there. Free labor, the best, the best free labor back then where it wasn't, it wasn't so regulated, right? It was something that, you know, you could like freely sell candy bars and, and schools and sell houses apparently when you were 12. I mean, that's yeah. just extraordinary. Yes. I was picking strawberries at 10 years old for 50 cents a pint. So oh yes, child labor laws are very different. Gosh, oh my gosh. So, so when Angela first came to me, she was about $60,000 in debt um 60 like six zero thousand um and now you're in a million dollars of debt i mean i think that pretty much like if somebody could hear that 
I think we've failed. Uh, so tell me about the perspective of debt that has evolved for you. Tell me a little bit about what kind of relationship to money you have now in comparison to where you were back in 2020. Yeah, that's been a really interesting evolution. Uh, being a million dollars in debt is not something that I ever thought I would feel comfortable and easy about. But what has happened over the past few years is that I've created, at this time, a dozen income streams. So I have assets significantly over the million dollars in debt that I have. I have a dozen different income streams that are coming in to pay that debt. And I sleep very, very well at night. So we are going in the right direction. <laughs> I adore that. So your your net worth when you first started with me was like right around the hundred, I think it was right around the hundred thousand dollar marker, um, something like that. And now you're up to, you closed 2022 at what? I closed 2022 at 960,000. So I'm so close to that magical number. <laughs> so basically you are a millionaire. I think we could all agree. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like get hung up over 40 grand. Cause if we, if we really pushed it, we could totally make that happen. It's probably already yes. happened. It's one <laughs> of those things though. How do you, how does that feel, babe? It feels incredible. And I think for me, as much as I do love money and money loves me, it's just about how easy and fun life has become. Um, I enjoy so much working in the construction business with Tom. We now have 10 rental units. I love getting to know my tenants and being able to help them in their lives and support them with something as important as their home and making sure that it's beautiful and well taken care of and that when things inevitably go wrong that they're fixed and we care and it's so much fun my mission in life is to help people and I've been able to do that in my banking career for 20 years but now I've just really expanded the scope of that and it's been hugely beneficial to me financially but emotionally and spiritually it's way way beyond that that's beautiful because when it's in true alignment with our hearts there's no resistance to getting up in the morning and stepping into our best selves and our highest selves or as i like to say our favorite selves um yes. and really finding that like intimacy with the way that you do help people so you are really centered in that mission of impact and community and you come from a very large family and I'm wondering if some of that kind of like comes into that world. Do you feel that way? Yes. So I am the oldest of seven children. So I have been helping people since I was two years old and my sister was born. I was 12 years old when my youngest brother was born. So I've been helping people my entire life and it's been really fun to encourage my siblings as they've pursued their dreams. Um, I just love being able to support them and help them understand that the possibilities in life are truly endless 
and to see their potential and to really go after it. Um, it's been just so wonderful. Now, when oftentimes we are talking about family, sometimes, you know, we look at, okay, how did you, how did you give, how did you create that momentum? But you, you also started inside of your family working really young because there were so many kids, there was really tight income, I'm sure. So can you tell me about like when you started actually working and how you decided on a job? Yes. So money was very, very tight. Um, it was very interesting growing up. We had a one income household. My mother stayed home and homeschooled all of us. So I did start working when I was uh, about 10 years old, picking strawberries. Um, shortly after, before that, I was working in a greenhouse. Every summer we worked and we needed to do that to make the money to to buy our winter clothes. It was really important that everybody in the family was contributing in some way. Um, and so that really taught me a lot early on. Uh, my son is 11. And so that's a really interesting conversation and, and something that we've been, you know, working through recently because I, I had a lot on my plate as a very young child. And um, things are, are very different in our household and his responsibilities are pretty limited to taking out the trash and taking care of himself. So we, you know, want to create that mindset of hard work will pay off and you must put in the work um, without overburdening him for his age. It's such a powerful thing. So you, you actually started in the bank at how, how old were you then? I was 17, <laughs> 17. And, yes. and so she started in the bank at 17. You've been with the banking industry. You've been with the same bank since when? How long, how long has, what was that I, I started my career at one bank where I spent 15 years and I've been at my current institution for about four and there was one in between. So it's been a total of in May, it will be, or it would have been, it would have been 21 years in banking. <laughs> so unbeknownst to, to, you know, others, you have been stepping into this real estate space actually in your free time. So you've been, you've been working kind of two jobs. Can you talk about your dedication to the way that you've moved to success? Because you truly have the Cinderella story of, you know, growing up in a really, really tight, financially, financially tight household and blossoming into a multimillionaire. I mean, it's, it's a really <laughs> beautiful thing. I, can, I think I can say that assumptively just based on our, yes. our numbers and the way that you have moved. Right. So mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about that, babe? Well, in 2009, I bought a house in the city of Harrisburg that I lived in for three years and I moved from there in 2012 and I decided to keep the house and rent it. And I kept that for a really long time. And I knew that I loved doing that and that I wanted to do more of it, but I was a little unsure of how to go after that. And it was really coaching with you that helped open up the pathway for me of how do I find the money to do this? And how do I pursue this dream that I've had since I was a little girl and and get after it. And it's funny how much time we do actually have. Um, 
my 11 year old is in two sports right now. He plays both, both basketball and baseball. He's on a travel team. So baseball is a year round thing. He's very, very active and and I love it. Um, But it's a lot of time and I work full time. I have a a one-year-old daughter as well and the two older bonus children. And we have a lot of time as it turns out. Uh, I stay really, really focused on my job, my W-2 gig. I stay really focused on that when I'm doing that. And when I'm done doing that, then I get really focused on other things. I'm able to find time in the evenings and on the weekends to work on the finances, to look for more properties to acquire, to work on contracts and leases and all of the other things that go into these businesses that we've created. Um, It turns out that I had plenty of time to do all of those things. (laughs) So what kind of advice I'm giggling over here because to you guys that can't see me, I'm giggling because they're the number one objection to coaching or, or expanding knowledge or, diving into a side gig, you know, or even starting a side gig to create it to be a full-time gig is the point of, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't, I'm tired. I have these pieces and that is, that is real, but I love the, the transparency that you are voicing there because I think there's a lot of assumptions that we can all make when we're listening to something like that. And we're like, no, 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 she doesn't have the same things that I have. And you're absolutely right. So I, I think my question is like, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's in the spot that you were in about three years ago. And in that space of I'm dreaming about it, I wish it, but I just, I don't have the time or I don't have the knowledge or I don't have the whatever, or I have debt and I'm freaked out. What would you, what would you (laughs) tell them? I think if I could go back and tell myself, just start. That is the advice that I would give to people. Even myself a year ago, um, I had the one rental property since 2012. And in December of 21, I put contracts on two houses. And in my mind at that time, I thought, this is wonderful. I have two more houses. I probably don't need many more than this. This is going to be really fun. And it was interesting that once I started, I found more and more and more opportunities. So I thought I was going to be really happy with three houses. And of course I was, but it turns out that there were more opportunities that presented themselves because I just started and I was able to engineer my life to be able to find the time to continue to do that and to pursue it. Um, And and it's really fun. I think you, you do have to be pursuing something that you love. And you choose to love to have a side kid. Yes, yes, yes. Right. But you also choose to love some of the hard things. You're like, gosh, I don't really want to look at my finances in this space, but I have to, or you know, I don't I don't really want to to center in and like itemize these pieces, but I have to. Do you make those things fun? Like do you do you connect do you connect pieces of that that are like, you know, at the end of this it's gonna be fun? Or do you how do you manage that? So I absolutely make it fun. When I first got started with acquiring these houses, I had to find the right accounting software so that I can account for everything that's going on and all of the finances. And like many small business owners, I waited until 
July of my first year to really start putting my numbers together. And that really wasn't fun. So I've become just very disciplined around putting my numbers together every month on a monthly basis. And it's fun because I can see what I've done over the past month. It's fairly quick. It doesn't take a lot of my time. And I have the satisfaction of knowing that I haven't kicked this can down the road that I'm going to have to deal with in the future. I know that I'm being really consistent and, and knowing what my numbers are from month to month. So you had said something before we started recording about success not being linear. Tell me a little bit about that. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, so we initially, you and I started talking about real estate because I've had this dream of real estate since I was little. And I didn't know how I wanted to pursue it, how I wanted to go about it. So I took, eventually, when you said, go sign up for those classes now, I signed up for the real estate classes and I took those in December of 2020. And I did that and I finished those up by the end of the month. I did them super fast while I was pregnant, by the way. <laughs> and and then I waited. Uh, I didn't take the test right away. I took the test in June of that year. And that was in June of 2021. And then I had a baby in August of 2021. So I took a little bit of time off work. Um, and then at the end of the year, I put two houses under contract. So I think as I look back, I knew what the end goal was, was to have a career, a business that I built for myself in real estate. But I didn't know if that was going to be as an agent. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I just kept taking steps towards it. And it wasn't necessarily every day I did a really big thing. It was, I took my real estate classes and then I took my tests and then I put some houses under contract. And then at a certain point, things do just really start flowing. So you, ha you have to have the end goal in mind and just take steps towards it that are consistent. It doesn't, you don't have to move the needle in a big way every single day. Just move it a little bit and, and know which way it's going. <laughs> yes, I absolutely love that. I think, you know, as she embarked on this path, you know, the journey is winding and you don't really know where it's going to take you in the in-between and how the incline is going to get or how rocky it's going to get. And one step at a time is such a powerful message because it's something that um, you're right. Linear linear success is is not what our mind expects, but mm -hmm. it is truly over time the truth of consistency. I absolutely mm -hmm. adore that. So I'm going to pop your Insta handle into the bottom of this showcase. They can reach out to you for what Angela tell me tell me like how they can lean on you how our listeners are I mean I'm sure they're connecting with this so powerfully so tell tell them you know what they can lean on you for well I would love to connect with people uh to chat about real estate I have some creative ways that you can get started if that is something that you want to pursue so I would I would love to chat with people about pursuing their dreams particularly if it's in real estate I adore that, Angela. Have a beautiful day. It is such a wonderful experience to to sit with you and reflect on this. You truly have the most um, 
Cinderella story of living, living happily ever after in all of the real estate uh, passive income spaces. <laughs> so I adore <laughs> that. Uh, any closing thoughts uh, to leave to leave our our listeners with? I would just say that my life has been completely changed over the past two and a half years that we've been coaching together. Absolutely top to bottom. So you've changed my life and I am so grateful for you. Okay, I'm gonna go cry now. Um, that was not necessary. I did not pay her to say that, ladies. <laughs> it was what was on my heart at this moment. <laughs> It has been a pleasure and watching each of my queens grow is is one of my richest honors and um, it's what I live for. So thank you, Angela. Thank you.